your number one source for pumpkin spice neo disco genreless podcasting. <laughs> this is the unnecessary podcast. I'm your host, Clint. And I am Corey. <laughs> and today's episode is the long awaited arrival of the Star Wars sequel review. We've waited one episode for this moment. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Those Star Wars movies were like the pumpkin spice craze. Because everybody wants it. They want it so bad because they can't have it yet. And then the second they have it, just guzzle it at all. You know, they got to take it all in. And then Disney, you know, they're like, you know what? Here's some more pumpkin spice. Or here's some more Star Wars. And here's some more. And then, you know, everybody's just drowning in it. And they're like... Yeah, you know, there's no substance to it. There's no pumpkin to this. And so, oh, yeah. Hi. Hi, I was wondering where you're going with this. <laughs> That's going off on a tangent already. I know, no kidding. We, we've already did Pumpkin Spice last <laughs> episode. You did do the introductions. That's right. I did. You did. Good man. Yeah, you, got your head, you got your head in the game, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and you know it's it's proper conduct. It is. <laughs> One needs to be dignified when they speak and when they write. And I am not any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't dignified. <laughs> Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, we're going we're going places in this galaxy far, far away. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> what if they watch movies about us in those galaxies far, far away? So would ours be a comedy or a tragedy or both? <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> episode that doesn't 3 not very often but <laughs> <laughs> episode 3 revenge of the unnecessary isn't that basically every episode well maybe episode 2 was attack of the unnecessary and then episode 1 was the unnecessary menace <laughs> <laughs> wait which one of us is the menace <laughs> <laughs> the master or the apprentice <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I guess I could be the menace because when I was a little kid, I dressed up as Darth Maul because I was about that age when, uh, uh, well, for the trick or treating, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know because you, you probably get the mental image because there's because there's just this chubby kid wearing a black uh, hoodie and like black slacks. It's got the black <laughs> on it. <laughs> it Plastic lightsabers. <laughs> Hold on. Just go door to door and everybody's like, oh, look at that cute, chubby little devil. What's that you got in your hands? Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that. <laughs> Are you okay? 
I'm just kidding. That mental image isn't going away anytime soon. <laughs> I, got one, I got one picture of that. <laughs> just kneeling down with it, and he's got... It's one of them plastic masks, and he's got a real stupid smile on his face. And the only other person in the picture is somebody dressed up like a ghost. And I'm talking old school ghost with the bed sheet. <laughs> if we get 100 listeners for this episode, Corey must share that photo. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is, on, is inconsequential. We need to see the photo now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, but I've <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> made me think of when I was a kid too, and I dressed up like Batman, and I had the one ear that drooped. So <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> mommy fix my ears <laughs> man had a stroke or something <laughs> whole left side just kind of drooping there <laughs> wow <laughs> Uh, the dork night returns. You're a dork. Now with ninety eight percent more bullying, this is. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Well, this is supposed to be a Star Wars episode, wasn't it? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> It was. It is. <laughs> yeah, so we're unlike our first episode where you know we kind of did the review, 10 star review. We're actually going to kind of compare and contrast um sequel trilogy to both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Just kind of see, you know, what's better, what wasn't. Um just kind of see a reason. Why I guess the sequel trilogies, you know, whether you like it or not, are very polarizing to begin with. Uh, I know we mentioned it last episode, but I guess it kind of bears mentioning again. Um, we had <laughs> we had done a ten star review. I gave it one and a half stars, and I think you gave it five and a half, right? Or yeah, I ended up with five and a half, uh, but I originally started with like six and a half. I think that's right. Yeah, because you, you convinced me on the music. Yeah, the yeah, lack yeah, of yeah. Uh, lack of impact on the music. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that that broke my heart because it's John Williams. Yeah. But but you made a compelling argument, which I will have you bring up at some point during this review, unless you want to just jump right into the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't worry, we will get into that. I think. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're going to just kind of compare and contrast. And, you know, you gave that five and a half stars, that was pretty below average. And then my score was below poor. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, that's kind of our views on the sequel trilogy. Just a brief overall idea of that. And of course, you know, in case you haven't watched uh, the sequel trilogies, or even the original and prequel trilogies for that matter, major spoiler alerts ahead. Um, we're leaving nothing to chance, so. <laughs> so let's begin. Want to start with the story? Sure. Okay, I'll let you go first. So, there's these stars, and then there's wars going on in the stars. Good lord. But, <laughs> <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. Okay, it starts, what, back in the late 70s? Is that when it started? Yeah. Um, disco, disco's a thing there, so there, that ties into your introduction. Uh, yeah. This up-and-coming filmmaker, George Lucas. He's going to make uh, something kind of like the old-school adventure movies and stuff. <clears throat> so, um, went, went by story, are we going like... Oh, no, I, I'm, just, I'm just playing a little groundwork here. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why it. you don't tell me to go first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> he's going to do that, but instead of doing, you know, uh, what was it, Flash Gordon like he wanted to do, uh, I don't know, couldn't get the rights or something. So he's like, okay, I'm going to make my own movie. So from late 70s to early 80s, comes out with the original trilogy. It's a story of a brother, his father, yeah, a brother, a sister, a smuggler. A Wookiee, Darth Vader. That's really um, just a wide uh, view of the story. Anyway, fast forward to the, what, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. whenever that came out. Whatever year I was Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back in time as we're going forward, and you're going back to when... Darth Vader was a kid, and then when he's a teenager, and then when he's a young adult, and there's limbs from the body flying everywhere throughout these six movies. And sand. And then, huh? And sand, yes. <laughs> and then, fast forward to the 2010s, and the Disney Corporation, they decided that they would buy this from... George Lucas for several billion dollars, which if they have any laying around, I'm right here. <laughs> and they have they have, they have his ideas for what he wants for a sequel. And then they're like, you know what, bro, we're good. We're gonna make our own. And then we get basically the same cast of characters, but they're different, but they're the same. And the story. It's different, but it's the same. All right. Am I good, or uh, did I say anything wrong there, Clint, or am I on the money there? Yeah, pretty, pretty much on the money right there. Okay. Yeah, why don't you, yeah, you take it from there, then? Yeah, it was just a broad, super broad, even with, even with some historical background. That's 100 plus unnecessary points to Corey. Not bad. <laughs> There's a cricket chirping in my house right now. 
Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much what Corey said. Um, the original trilogy, it's, you know, it's definitely a product of his time, 70s and 80s, but, you know, it was at the time, it was ahead of its time. And, it still kind of is to this day. I mean, I know some of the effects are, yeah, some of the effects are, you know, you could tell they haven't necessarily aged well, but, you know, it's still, you know, it's still pretty good for late 70s, early 80s. Um, Yeah, the original trilogy is really just this galaxy, um, you know, kind of in the heat of a civil war, and, you know, from begin from from one part to the end, you know, it's about kind of ending that war in a way. But also at the same time, there's this really deeper story <clears throat> below the surface, and it is Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, the protagonist. You know, they're they're both enemies, but you know, they find out their father and his son, and they're still kind of like enemies throughout the final movie. But at the end, Luke helps redeem his father and you know, Darth Vader eventually dies, not as Vader, but as Anakin Skywalker. And we kind of find out in the prequels, you know, how the galaxy was before all this. It was very beautiful. It was very vibrant. Um, and we kind of see who Anakin was. And we see that he is, you know, for the most part, a pretty decent person. But, you know, he has, um, you know, I guess you see these moments and these slip-ups where he's kind of getting closer to the dark side. And it all comes to a head in episode three, and we kind of see his full transformation into Darth Vader. Um, you know, so for the original and prequels, it's really about you know, Anakin's story. It's about you know the choices he makes, actions he takes, and how that affects not only the galaxy at large, but also his friends and eventually his family. <clears throat> so he's kind of this kind of overarching main character of the first six movies. And, you know, with Luke, you know, he's the main protagonist of the original trilogy, but below that, he's actually really more of kind of like this catalyst for Anakin to become the good guy. He's the only guy that can see Fader as someone that's not purely evil, even though all of his actions say otherwise, that deep down there was a good man. He's trying to essentially fished that out of him, which he succeeds. And I think that was, it was really captivating about how that story, how that story went about, especially with the prequels um, connected in. You get to the sequels and, you know, it's just, I think you lose something there because none of the original characters act the same, but their personalities have been shipped onto these new characters. Um, you know, and there's just it's just a mess. There's just so many different storylines, different movies, different um, just different forms of media that these move that these new sequel movies are trying to copycat, and it loses originality. It loses what Star Wars really is. And you know, I just think when you get to sequel, there's a big disconnect between the original prequels to the sequels. So. Could you perhaps elaborate on that? What Star Wars is? Hmm. 
Sure, I guess. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to check see if you're actually joking or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Star Wars itself is really, you know, it's it really is this battle of good and evil. You know, um, the Empire is evil. You know, they're tyrannical. They you know, just basically kill and they they try to control everything they can and they can't control it, they'll kill it. And kind of below the surface of the Empire is the evil Sith, which you have Fate, Darth Vader, and Emperor Palpatine. And the Jedi, which were kind of the opposite of that, they're good. They're the good guys. You know, they're all but extinct, except for maybe two, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. And on their side, they have the Rebel Alliance, which is for freedom. It's for you know, bringing everybody back together, uh, free of tyranny, free of evil. And it's an ongoing battle through three movies in the original trilogy, with good ultimately triumph, triumphing over evil. Um, Vader is redeemed and Palpatine dies. In the prequels, you kind of see, it's kind of on the flip side around, it's the Republic is good, the Jedi is good, but there's a <clears throat> Excuse me. There is a vast number of Jedi. You know, you have a Jedi Council. You have Jedi spread across the galaxy. Um, there's different Jedi's with different Force powers, different lightsaber colors, you know, all that good stuff. Different ways of fighting. But they've been mostly as keepers of the peace, not soldiers. And kind of starting with Episode Two, and especially through Three, you see them become generals and on the front lines and on the opposite side of that is the separatists who are viewed as evil but are actually an instrument of evil they're actually they're not really that bad per se as like the empire but they're being manipulated by Palpatine who's also manipulating the clone army of the Republic and eventually all blows up in everybody's faces the Empire takes over the Republic. The Sith destroy the Jedi. And in the prequels, evil triumphs over good. But you have this hope. You know that later down the line, good is going to triumph over evil. That this victory for evil is very temporary. When we get to the sequels, however, I think it gets... <laughs> <laughs> Evil's back. <laughs> Evil's back. Somehow Palpatine survived. <laughs> well, <laughs> that solved everything. Great. Yep, we're good. I didn't even know anything further. How he survived an explosion. <laughs> he just survived. Anyway, you know, it's the sequels try to replicate. I don't even want to say replicate. They just they just flat out repeat what the original trilogy did. I mean, there's just, is especially with The Force Awakens, the first movie of the sequels, I mean, front to back, it's straight up a repeat of A New Hope from the original trilogy. You get to The Last Jet, and you know, again, right there, that one, it's kind of, I mean, good, I mean, I guess good kind of trying over you. I mean, they blew the Death Star part three slash not really the Death Star called Star Killer, whatever, but 
<laughs> yeah, that. Anyway, the last Jedi tries to kind of be different, but it ends up, um, ends up kind of going this route of trying to subvert expectations. And what it ends up doing is that it kind of ends up undermining a lot of the lore that the originals and the prequels established. So what you end up with in Last Jedi is sort of this weird ambiguity, I guess. Like, did the bad guys win? Did the good guys win? Did anybody win? Did the audience win? No. Um, Okay. Here's the thing with The Last Jedi, though. Okay, finish, finish. And then also also we get to Rise of Skywalker, which basically it tells you good wins instead of showing it because showing it would be like you actually pay attention to the movie. (laughs) 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 Let's put it that way. Good somehow triumphs over evil. And yeah. Pretty much it. I mean, there's no Sith in the. That's the thing. There's like no. There's no real true Sith mastermind in the sequel trilogy, you know, except for Palpatine, who again <laughs> somehow survives and is somehow the bad guy behind all that happened in the sequel trilogy. Except we didn't know that. <laughs> we weren't given any hints of that. And even with the good guys winning, you get this weird feeling that did they really win? Because Ray, who is the protagonist of the sequel trilogy, she ends up being, I guess, the granddaughter of Palpatine. So not only she does the last of the Skywalkers are dead, but the last final Jedi we see is a Palpatine who I guess through some way may or may not be truly a Jedi because he wanted her to he wanted her to kill him so he could live on forever or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. They didn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the writers knew either. <laughs> but yes, go ahead. Tell me what you thought about Last Jedi. Well, okay. One, what I was going to say was, because I, I, had, I had mentioned in that very first one when we announced we were going to talk about this, that I was a little bit more forgiving about it. And you said that about the showing, not telling. And the reason I'm going to be a little bit more lenient on The Last Jedi than the other ones is the fact that there was a little bit more show instead of tell. Because, yeah, they did a whole bunch of stuff where they were trying to be subversive, but in the end it didn't really matter because they were still in the same boat anyway or same ship, whatever. They were the last surviving ones. But then it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I remember there at the end there was that kid looking off into space, and he used the force to grab that broom. And so we, the audience, were kind of in on this whole thing that uh, Ray and all them were the last survivors, but somewhere else in the galaxy, there's force wielders still. And so, you know, little details like that is why I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb stuff in there. Um, the humor was one of the big ones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yeah, some of the storytelling decisions, there's a lot of fluff with that casino thing uh but you know of the three i would say that was probably the best one in my opinion if only for the reason 
that they took those expectations, subverted them, but then at the end said, you know, no. We might have looked at it that way, but that's not the way that it is. Which I know that riled up a lot of people, but I'll give them that. That that's not the way it was and that's not the way it was going to be which is why the rise of skywalker was such a disappointment because they could have went a lot of directions with everything that they did in the last jedi and i think they could have came up with a decent conclusion to a story that shouldn't have even existed in the first place but if it is going to exist at least you know try to do something with it yeah, and um, <clears throat> I think my my issue with Last Jedi, I mean, I'll give it this: at least it tried to be different than, than you know, Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. But my issue with Last of Jedi is because how it portrays some of these characters and their storylines, it's it feels a lot like a retread, and not a retread, huh. a, a flat out complete lack of understanding of the Star Wars trilogies beforehand. I'll give it this much. There was one point in Last Jedi where Mark uh, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, you know, and Rey are talking, and she asks about the Jedi, and he talks about how he they kind of reference the prequel trilogies, and he says how the Jedi, you know, their hubris kind of brought about the rise of Palpatine. And if you kind of watch the prequels again, you kind of see that. And even if you didn't really care for the prequels, but let's say you watched like the, the clone wars, you kind of see that as well. You know, as much as they were the good guys, as much as they did good in the galaxy, they did have a sense of hubris that caught them every now and again. And unfortunately, that ultimately kind of became their undoing, and ultimately became the Republic's undoing as well. So I did thought I did find that very interesting that they at least tried to connect, you know, these trilogies together with that kind of statement. Um, but yeah, I think how they treated Luke's arc was very—I'm just going to say—it was just very dumb. <laughs> I mean, this is gonna be just. I'll just be blunt. It was very dumb, because we first off, Force Awakens. I blame. I blame also on the first movie because Luke ends up being just like Obi Wan and Yoda. He's the Grandmaster of the Jedi. He's got the Jedi, the new Jedi Temple, and all gets destroyed by his apprentice. I'm like, we're seriously retraining this again. Like, <laughs> we would have Episode 10, 11, 12 see Kylo Ren's rise of power again or something, or not even rise of power, just, you know, rise of darkness or whatever. Are we going to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Palpatine back again. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow Palpatine survived. (laughs) Again. Again. (laughs) And so so I I blame on that that first movie, because it's like, we, we know this story. You've already told this story. We want a sequel trilogy. You want to see what happened after Return of the Jedi. Not here's what happened after Return of the Jedi. It was just like New Hope. <laughs> what, what? Why am I watching it then? 
if I know what's going to happen. I'm sure if I knew yeah. what was going to happen. <laughs> it's just they re- they just rearranged the characters. Um, but what really got me, there's a scene in Last Jedi where the reason for, you know, Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren's, you know, path to the dark side is that we see Luke senses that he's having a bad dream about turning to the dark side and he gives his lightsaber race about to kill him. And then that sends Ben Solo off the edges. He kills everybody and that's the end of the arc. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Well, wasn't he already turning over to the dark side at that point? They only said he was he was influenced, but we we've seen it before where Jedi have been tempted by the dark side, but they haven't converted, you know. And that that's kind of what I've been seeing with with Benny. You, you see it not only just at that moment, but you see it throughout the trilogy that he's conflicted. You know, he doesn't want. You get the feeling he doesn't want to be the bad guy. And at the same time, he kind of does. He can't really decide. He's he's torn. You know, he's torn. He kind of deals with that throughout three movies until he ultimately becomes a good guy. Um, but you know, with 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 Luke, you know, this is a guy that in the original trilogy, again, he got his dad to come back to the light, and his dad was a lot worse than his nephew, uh, Kylo Ren, because again, that's Anakin. You know, if you watch the prequels, you know he killed children, killed a lot of people, all Jedi, and then as Darth Vader, he killed a lot more people again. Did a lot of bad things, and you know he basically, Luke basically was able to convert him back to the light. And then with Kylo Ren, he's like, "Nope, he had a bad dream. Time to whip out my lightsaber and kill him." In a moment of weakness. No. And, and well, okay, no. yeah, no. I'm not saying <laughs> it was a smart decision. I'm not saying it was a smart decision to include that story in there, but you know. Uh, again, I'm being probably way more forgiving of the story than I should be, but the yes. fact that he had gone through all that with Vader and didn't want to see the galaxy suffering under a hand like that again, and the fact that he didn't strike him down, remember there were a couple different scenarios shown on screen there before they actually showed what happened, um, and yeah, I, I don't remember which one was the actual one. Because he had the lightsaber out, but when Ben was telling the story, he was like just going for it, and Luke told it originally, and and then I think they showed it a third time, something like that. But anyway, it, it you know it, it shows that there's some fallibility there uh, in everybody, and nobody's perfect, and that's something that they kind of touch upon later on too. And you know Yoda, he burned all the text supposedly and, and then the, turned out that he didn't uh, and you know that was something else that pointed back to the not doing away with all the old toward the end but it you know I, I can kind of see why they went that direction that he would try to prevent that from happening and not carrying it out, being caught, but catching himself, too, saying, you know, I'm no better 
than the dark side if I'm willing to do this. But then he was caught by Ben waking up from that dream. And then, yeah, he construed it into the story that eventually got told that he was trying to kill him in his sleep. And again, I'm not saying it was the smartest storytelling decision. I'm just saying I understand what they were going for. And, you know, that whole fact that the Jedi would be perfect, you'd mentioned that about the hubris and how you could see that throughout the prequels. You know, if we're going to hold Luke to a much higher standard, then, you know, that's basically treading the same steps that they already did. And if you have them up in such a status, you know, that's not good for anybody either. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Go ahead, so, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. Luke had his moment with the dark side. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's repeating itself. You know, we, we, we all know the thing with that George Lucas says it's supposed to rhyme. Well, this doesn't rhyme. This is like rhyming orange with orange. Rhymes. <laughs> 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 because Luke had, I mean, the whole return to Jedi was Luke fighting the dark side. I mean, he's dressed in all black, just like Palpatine and Vader, you know he the first the first thing we see him do is uh, force choke that that pig looking guard, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean that's the first thing we see him do, and it's like oh oh that we we know somebody that does that that's Vader that's not that's not good you know the whole the whole part of Return of the Jedi was this nervousness that he's going to fall to the dark side, you know he left his training early we're not sure if he's completed his training at all. He's got his new lightsaber, but we, you know, we don't know how powerful he is. We don't know if he's still aligned with the Force, if he's falling to the dark side. And you know, we see this throughout the Return of the Jedi, and we see it ultimately at the end when the final fight between Vader and Luke. You know, he he goes nuts after Vader threatens to turn Leia to the dark side. He goes after Vader with vengeance and ends up cutting his arm. You know, he, he cuts his arm and Vader's in pain. He's his whole respirator system is messed up and he's having a hard time breathing and he's he's yielding. He's like he can't fight anymore. And you see Luke, he's still filled with fury, and then he sees his hand, you know, the, the mechanical hand, he realizes, you know, that's I'm not different than my father. Yeah. What I have a choice now. Do I do just like he did, kill him out of rage and become take his place at Palpatine's side. The Empire continues, or do I do what I was trained by Yoda and Obi Wan to do all those years? Do what I've always done, and that's be the good guy. And he ultimately chooses to be the good guy. He overcame that temptation. So when you get to Last Jedi, see it all over again. It's like it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we we saw this already. I don't need to see it again. There's well, no indication that he forgot that. There's no indication that you know he he was power hungry or anything. Is it just kind of comes out of nowhere? There's no build up. There's no reason for him to do that. It's just and uh, let me just say this real quick. I'm just gonna say this real quick. So he knows 
and he probably has been trained by Obi-Wan, Yoda, and probably even Anakin, his father, well after Return of the Jedi, because he sees him as Force ghosts. You mean tell me the three of them didn't sit there and go, oh yeah, you need to kill your, you need to kill your nephew. <laughs> kill him, you must. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I mean, that, that makes no sense. <laughs> Spot on. Yoda impression, that is. Thank you. Okay. I try. Now, disclaimer. Again, I'm not saying the story was perfect. You have to understand that. That scene you mentioned from Return of the Jedi, that, in my opinion, is why that is the best Star Wars movie between that hand coming off and him seeing the mechanical aspects and then finally uh, taking the helmet off there at the end, I mean, that is peak cinema. And you were talking about how he just went into that rage of fury. You know, there's a lot of hokey acting there in the original trilogy. But that part, I believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he was pissed off at that time and going for it. And... Uh, Return of the Jedi, that should have been the last movie uh, for that saga, or saga, sorry. <laughs> uh, for for, for, uh, for the Skywalkers, anyway. Yeah. And then, yeah, they come up with this new one, and, you know, we'll, we'll perhaps talk about the rise of Skywalker here in a little bit, but in defense of The Last Jedi, and again, I'm not saying I totally agree with the story, but you said that Luke had had his arc. And I'm just sitting there thinking back to Attack of the Clones. He literally slaughtered a village because he was, you know, upset that they'd killed his mother, understandably. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the women and the children, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he was still motivated by that fear. And it's the fear that gets these guys into trouble. So there in, in episode three, he was fearful that he was going to lose Padme and he let that fear get the better of him. And yeah, Palpatine pulled the strings and yeah, the Jedi fell and empire was built up and stuff. So again, I'm pointing to the fact that Luke as a person is not perfect in that whole, um, Putting the Jedi up on a pedestal, that was something that they had kind of warned against early on, even back then with those prequels. So, not the best storytelling thing, but I I understand what they're going for. That he's not, you know, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think if they were going to go that route, they should have done a, a totally different route i mean I, i'm yeah. i would have been fine yeah. if they just didn't take that route at all they've been something totally different that was out yeah. of his control but you know it it's I a mean, theme I, yeah yeah no they they could have just had it without luke holding the saber over him at all and just the fact that um ben would you know rise up against everybody and kill him and leave luke there in shame but you know I guess they needed to rectify the situation of why Luke would seclude himself, because if somebody did that, you would think that he would 
try to go after him and stop him from doing what he did. It's that balance in the force, man. Which yeah, I see a disbalance in the force. <laughs> well, okay. You see, here's why the Rise of Skywalker really sucks. <laughs> because <laughs> a good segue. <laughs> no, it's a perfect segue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that whole ending in this universe of Star Wars, they always talk about that balance of the Force. And so within the rules of their own little universe, they have all the Sith there in one room. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, they're all put to death. So basically the only thing that exists now is good. And what I'm saying is within the rules of their universe, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned that, but I mean, you look at, you know, return of the Jedi and that that's kind of how that ended, you know, Palpatine dies, Vader, you know, Vader, the, the Sith dies, but that he dies because Anakin takes over one last time. You know, and no, no, good you know, wins. Yeah, good wins in both cases, but those were just two people. Okay, and, I see what you're saying. Like, it's yeah, not the. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, these were like hooded figures instead. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I so, am, I am, Robert Downey Jr. What's that line? Okay, I am all the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, um, how yeah. how much of Endgame did was that <laughs> movie taking off of? I mean, it was like first that <laughs> line and that scene were identical in such a ridiculous way, and then <laughs> was that all the ships came out? It looked just like when all the superheroes came back from being snapped. <laughs> I'm like, to <laughs> say Billy D. Williams, like, yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> like, they got my paycheck yet. Yeah. But you know what? I, 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 I don't fault you at all for that, Billy D. I would have been. <laughs> and then it was Harry Potter there at the end, too. The Voldemort's, oh you know, floating Ray- off. Not Voldemort. Uh, Alpatine, he's floating off in the ash. Not to, not to mention, you know, back in like the middle of the film, um, Ray is speaking in parcel tongue to a snake. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> what is going on here? Like, <laughs> what are we doing, guys? I think at one point they were they were floating in space. Yeah, <laughs> they were floating in space at one point, and I I kid you not, I thought they literally put the Millennium Falcon against the Guardians of the Galaxy background because it looked just like that. Oh my gosh! I'm like, <sighs> you got paid millions to write this. Like, you you threw money. People like, write that. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> I am all the Jedi. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm Ray Skywalker. <laughs> Which I was stupid too. Yes. They, oh my gosh. Well, okay. The idea is okay. If they hadn't made her a Palpatine, they should have stuck with the fact that she was a nobody. That would have tied in perfectly to the ending of that movie where that kid had that force power to pick up that broom. 
which, you know, saying that over and over again kind of sounds like a Harry Potter reference, too. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that would have been perfect. You're like, okay, yeah, now we're this inclusive story. I think that's probably what they were going for. It's inclusive. You don't have to be a Skywalker to be a Skywalker. Okay, wonderful. But you do have to be one of the big, you do have to be one of the big names of the galaxy. So if you're not a Palpatine, you know, go, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Padres or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm just gonna. I know this is probably me, me my personal taste, but for those that don't know, one of my favorite characters growing up, you know, it wasn't a hero. It was Boba Fett. <laughs> I I thought Boba Fett was so cool. He had that cool beat up armor, you know, and had the had the spurs, you know, kind of like a western, out of space feel kind of. And how how dumb was it not to have anybody that was like that in the sequel trilogy? So we let alone you didn't have. I don't even think they had bounty hunters in that whole all three films. I think there was like that one place they went to, but there's no way that looked memorable there. I don't remember anybody from the what was that the Maz's castle or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> but hey, she had a crush on a Wookie. That's funny. Right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You can remember those lines. I'm having a hard time recalling anything from like the Rise of Skywalker or uh, the Force Awakens. And, you know, I remember some of The Last Jedi. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen any of them. But it's like, yeah, you got that. But, you know, even these hokey lines, they stick out at least. Yeah. You knew what it was directed <laughs> towards. Like, <laughs> the only reason we knew those lines was because they were basically lifted from other movies we saw. You know, <laughs> I am all the Sith. I'm all the Jedi. Well, that's just like Endgame. I am inevitable. Well, I am Iron Man. Snap. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we, we kind of talked about that in the... Um the other review that we're not releasing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the fact that, you know, star Wars kind of started off as a homage to all these old adventure stories and everything like that. And so he would borrow aspects from that. Like, yeah, that's great. And then, you know, um, the prequel trilogy again, kind of borrowed from different stuff, uh, had the old newsreels and things like that for the marching into that temple or whatnot. <laughs> borrowed from history and then finally you get to the sequel trilogy you're like you know what we ought to borrow from we ought to borrow from the best of the best we ought to borrow from the house of mouse man we <laughs> let's make it uh avengers endgame like you said yeah. and, you know, uh have them pop out of nowhere yeah on your left oh there's spaceships everywhere oh or oh. yeah the whole you know, I am the Jedi and I'm the Sith, and mm. it's just a mess. Sorry, it's a mess. 
there was one there's another line I thought of too from Rise of Skywalker that was just so so dumb. <laughs> you know, I mentioned Boba Fett. Anybody I mean, I think you can pretty much say Boba Fett. People know what they're talking about. You know, guy in green armor, he's got a jetpack, blasters, was really cool. You know, prior to the Mandalorian. Was he cool? Was oh, he cool? was, oh, he was cool. Well, I mean, in the original trilogy, was he cool? Yes. Was he? He said, yeah, all he had to do was just stand there. Look cool. to his death, and, you know, there in that uh, pit. But he, got out of, he, got, he got out of it, so that doesn't count anymore. Well, yeah, but I thought, we're just talking, <laughs> I thought we're just talking about the movies here, though. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, um, I know. I'm, I'm cheating a little <laughs> bit. Any, anyway, but yeah, I mean, I mentioned that, you know, and even with um, the prequels, you know, Mandalorians were, you know, both as a Mandalorian. You find out that his dad was a Mandalorian. So they're kind of part of the whole Star Wars you know, Skywalker saga too. There's no mention of them at all in the sequel trilogy. There's not anything that looks like them. And, you know, that, that's my po- that was going to finish with my last point. It's like, there's no, that's the only thing I felt like was disconnected. There's no Mandalorians. There's no, nobody with that cool armor anymore. And you get to, I think it was the rise of Skywalker where they're escaping the stormtroopers. All of a sudden the stormtroopers have jetpacks. <laughs> You remember that golden those those golden lines? <laughs> they can do they can do that now. They fly now. They fly now. Boom 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 That was funny. I laughed. No, I um, laughed just now. I didn't laugh at that. I <laughs> don't. I, was, I, was, I had a kind of confused laugh. I'm like, was the actual <laughs> line funny? <laughs> like, this is the blooper. We're watching the blooper reel right now. Right? Yeah. Right? They can do that now? They can <laughs> do that. Yeah. Oh, and then there was a whole... Somehow Palpatine survived. <laughs> yeah, there was that. And then the whole... What, what was the whole point of all, all the fake-outs... Like, okay, C-3PO, he's going to um, have that thing put in him. And then, yeah, he's not going to be able to function anymore. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, he will. Oh, no, Chewie got blown up. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. So, I mean, there, <laughs> yeah. there's really no stakes in there. No, I mean, <laughs> I you know, that whole time they said, oh, he's going to get his mind or do something with his, you know, memory banks or whatever. I thought, oh, this is how they're going to tie in everything together. So they kept saying, we're going to tie in the prequels, the original, and the sequel all together. So it feels like one big cohesive saga. <laughs> Perfect. Mucho bueno. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> why? Why was it? I'm, I think, okay, he's going to get all his memories from the prequels. He's going to get all his memories from the original, all the memories from the sequels, and all tie in together. He's going to figure out some of this. Why explains why Palpatine survived? Maybe he knows something. Maybe he was hanging around the what was it the the chambers or whatever the Pal- Palpatine's chambers and caught something. I don't know. No, he just his eyes a little red and he goes and starts reading something in a low distorted voice. I'm like, really. 
that, <laughs> that's it. They should have done a double fake out with that. They should have just ended the movie with C-3PO waking up. They're like, oh, it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, from there, do another fake out and uh, zoom out real fast and have somebody <laughs> holding a snow globe. <laughs> You're like, oh the, oh, the whole galaxy's in the snow globe. Oh. <laughs> But they didn't say like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I felt like Palpatine was. He's like the Kool-Aid man. Just popped out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how that first order came around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we got balance in the force again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> impressive. Most <laughs> impressive. Looks like it took a thousand years the last time. Now it's 30 years later. Yeah. Oh, oh. Here at Disney, we believe in great storytelling. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm... Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I think between between you as Darth Maul and CTPO William, it's all a dream. It's all a dream. Oh, don't forget the snow globe afterward. The snow globe. <laughs> See, you, you got to zoom out from C3PO waking up, and then you're looking at a snow globe, and the whole galaxy's in there. <laughs> well, here's a problem. We wouldn't oh. recognize C, we wouldn't recognize C3PO because he would have had a red arm. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> iconic imagery. I completely forgot about it till you said it, but yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> okay, you know what? That <laughs> this is going to sound kind of morbid, um, but they they missed a lot of opportunities by not hacking off any limbs in the sequels. They really did, and and, and I mean that has to do with the fact that you know. That was perhaps the, you know, one of the most pivotal points of the original trilogy was that scene where Luke saw that Vader didn't have a hand just like him. And when he did finally take that mask off of him, you know, oh, that's great. He's, you know, similar to me, like uh, uh, his father's son and whatnot, and that, that there was a person underneath the mask and then, you know, the prequel trilogy, just saying to heck with that. And, you know, going double or nothing on the limbs getting hacked off. <laughs> and, you know, that, that third episode, uh, I'm trying to remember who all was missing limbs at that point. But uh, Mace, yeah, his arm. Yeah, Dooku, yeah. He lost his hands. Mace lost his arm. And Anakin lost his everything. <laughs> I was going to say, Anakin lost his everything. But the fact that he did was the fact, or, you know, that allowed that one moment to happen. And, you know, the fact that Dooku lost his hands, you know, that was kind of showing uh, that Anakin was getting into a similar point there. And, you know, that literally was double or nothing because that's how Anakin lost his first hand was at the hands of Dooku and then he took both of his hands and then yeah his head yeah and 
to disarm Mace Windu. He literally had to disarm him. Um, and you know that all that all came back in different ways. Maybe not uh, Mace Windu, but you know, I, I think I even read or heard somewhere that um, the deal with Darth Vader was the fact that he had become more machine than he was man. And then at the end, he became man again. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> General Grievous, I don't, I don't care what anybody thinks. The fact that there's a coughing robot is just hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was kind of a similar situation. I think he was an alien, and he basically became mostly robot, too. But mm-hmm. he was at the complete other end of the spectrum of where Anakin ended up, because Anakin ended up as Vader and was redeemed at the end. And Grievous just went up in a... <laughs> flames. <laughs> went up in flames, yeah. See, see he did... Anakin didn't die there when he lit on fire. He he got to live a little longer. Grievous just done. That was. <laughs> what for those that are kind of curious, watch the Clone Wars. There's really interesting stuff about kind of Grievous's backstory. You know what though? You don't have to watch that. He's great just in Episode Three. By oh himself. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just get more of him. <laughs> yeah, no. He, no, no, no. Clone Wars is interesting. It's usually not my type of deal, but that, that is an interesting show. And you by know, the way, I was. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of I'm just kind of sitting here laughing earlier because I was thinking about one last scene from the Rise of Skywalker's towards the end after Palpatine dies and is dusted like you know Voldemort, and then his supporters are all wiped out. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, there's a scene where you know Kylo Ren, aka Ben Solo, has redeemed himself, and he sees Ray, and you know they've had his bond throughout three movies, and they finally kiss, and <laughs> he, she, they kiss, and then he has his look on his face and just dies. <laughs> I was watching, I was like, I think it was like. Oh, dude, that kiss was worse than I thought. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I waited three movies for this. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> why, why did that even need to be in there? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, was it worth it? I mean, it really, really, was it worth it killing Ben Solo just to be like, oh, we got our Darth Vader. We got to make sure he dies like Darth Vader. <laughs> what? Well, thankfully, that <laughs> 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 with a kiss. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's make sure he, yeah, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Let's make sure he dies with a loved one. <laughs> yeah, I had to mute my mic there for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I think we've <laughs> I think we've gone off the rails into hyperspace. So. <laughs> um. Okay, but, but 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 okay. Real quick though, with the limbs, I'm still on that. I guess. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, you could tell that they were kind of going for a more inclusive story 
and things. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's great. But um, they, <laughs> you know, it's almost like they're afraid to have like a physical handicap. You know, even that could have been something, and even that they could have tied into the original story. And, you know, something else there with that kiss that you mentioned. Again, why did that need to be in there? I agree. I'm sorry. You going to make it? I don't think I am. Oh, Oh my gosh, man. (laughs) You've come come with the comedy today. Well, start off as a tragedy is a full blown comedy now. So. <laughs> that natural progression. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of cracking up how you're so hung up on limbs. So <laughs> I really am. <laughs> there were so many storytelling opportunities there. Again, yeah. I mean, did it really need to be in the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy? No, no. But they're there. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was a good storytelling device there. Why wouldn't you bring that into the sequels? Instead, what do we get? Samuel Palpatine returned. That's why we have a downloaded song for our. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a perfect segue. I thought we were going to talk about music. Well, we should mention that real quick. Because, yeah. yeah, you did change my mind on that. And yeah, John Williams, some of the most iconic music throughout cinema history. And, you know, I originally said in that other. Uh, review that we had that hey at least the music was good and you had made the point that yeah but what's what which song stuck out to you uh oh uh yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. i mean it's you know that was um something that really bugged me i mean i usually i think i've bought pretty much all the star wars albums you know the from one to six so when i heard about seven (laughs) (laughs) when i heard about seven and eight and nine coming out i thought i gotta pick them up you know it's john williams he's he's really great music he's made these memorable memorable themes that have not carried not just throughout star wars franchise but also you know they're part of modern culture i mean think about i mean you hear the imperial march you know right (laughs) off the bat you know what that's off of you hear the Force theme, you know what that's off of. You know, you hear the Star Wars theme, even you know what that is. You you know it. <clears throat> and I was really disappointed when I bought those albums, and you know, it there was nothing that caught my ear. You know, I mean, for, you hear Star Wars right off the bat, it's like, okay, yeah, that's always great. That's great. What was everything else? You know, I think I mentioned the closest contender was Ray's theme. But that one, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what it sounded like now, you know. <clears throat> but I, I just think it's very, you know, it's very, you know, I think we mentioned it's very tragic to kind of hear that great composer, you know, John Williams. And it was just like, 
there's nothing that stuck out. You think about the original trilogy, you know, you, you get you know, Luke looks out into the two moons in Tatooine. And you get you know, he's looking out there in the four scene kind of plays, and it's just, you know, it's you can't explain it, but you just kind of get emotional looking at that. It's a very you know, poignant, beautiful scene, and the music elevates that. You think about Duel of the Fates, the you know, the fight between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul. I mean, everyone knows that. That gets that gets everybody pumped up. You know exactly what that's off of. I mean, that's basically the theme song of the entire prequel trilogy. They play it a lot. But then you think about episode three, and there's battles of the Her- the battle of the heroes. It's between the fight between Obi Wan and Anakin, and you know that's epic and memorable, just like Duel of the Fates. But it's instead of where it's kind of like a, <clears throat> you know, where you're kind of where Duel of the Fates is kind of setting up this great battle between, you know, and two good guys against the agent evil. With battle of the heroes, it. You know, it's it's so tragic sounding. It's very sad because not only is it a master and apprentice fighting each other to the death, but it's best friends. It's two brothers, you know, and that that makes it all the more tragic. You know, you hear in the background, you hear in the background when the when the singer starts singing the parts of the song. It's not like you know staccato. It's not fist pumping almost like you know fist pumping action you know like the duel of the fates but you know it's very it's very dramatic it's very you know a lament a sounds like a lament you know it's very it's very sad but it goes against all this music happening in the background because it's you know <laughs> again it's basically well, it's like two fi- a, yeah right oh no you go ahead i was I oh no I was just going to supplement that by saying it was almost a conclusion to the Duel of the Fates because that was, you know, kind of Anakin's fate there hanging in the balance. And, you know, you get to the thing there in Episode 3, and, yeah, he's literally fighting against, you know, somebody that's like a brother to him. Mm-hmm. I, I was just kind of... <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, no. I was just... <laughs> I was gonna say real quick. Um, I was just I was just thinking of something. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody's watched it. You know, we, we mentioned the Mandalorian earlier. I know we're not supposed to really reference TV shows, but <laughs> there's a on Disney Plus. There's actually a show that's called The Gallery. It's basically behind the scenes of everything that happened on the Mandalorian set, and they kind of break it down to different aspects like filmmaking, writing, and all that. <clears throat> And for those that don't know, uh, Dave Filoni, he's kind of like, you can almost say, like the apprentice to George Lucas. You know, we mentioned Clone Wars, we mentioned Mandalorian. Uh, there's shows like called um, Rebels, The Bad Batch. You know, a lot of that's come from, coming from him. But he, he said something that's really interesting. I think that kind of influences this discussion. He's talking about the prequel trilogies, and you know, he says everybody gives a bad rep, but, you know, there's a very poignant scene at the end um, of episode one where Qui-Gon dies and Obi-Wan he tasks Obi-Wan to train Anakin and he said that you know basically it's duel the face it's not duel the face because either Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan or Darth Maul's fate 
you know, it's about to be determined in this scene, which, you know, I mean, it, it, two out of three, one of their fates is determined. <clears throat> but he said that from the greater aspect of things, you know, think about Anakin Skywalker. You know, he's a kid, but he didn't have a father. And who did he attach to as his father figure? But Qui-Gon. When, so when it comes to Duel of the Fates, it's not really about the three of them. It's about Anakin. It's about his fate. So when you know, Qui-Gon dies, he loses that father figure that he needed. Because he, you think about Qui-Gon in that movie, he's advocating for to be the master of Anakin. You know, he wants to train Anakin, let Obi-Wan become you know, a Jedi Knight, let him do his own thing, but let him train Anakin. Because he's the only one that believed that you know, he was this chosen one, this uh, one that could bring balance to the Force. And no one else really believed, not even Obi-Wan. So when Qui-Gon dies, you know, Obi-Wan takes um, Anakin as his apprentice, not because he wants to, but because Qui-Gon asked him to as his dying wish. And what makes this really tragic, what sets up the tragedy is that, yeah, Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of grow up together. They kind of view each other as brothers. And, you know, Obi-Wan's kind of idea of, I didn't really want to train him. I didn't want to do anything with him. You know, he gets rid of that, sure. But that's the problem. You know, they're brothers. Anakin didn't need a brother. He needed a father, a father figure. And when Darth Maul killed Qui-Gon, you know, he didn't just seal Qui-Gon's fate. He sealed Anakin's fate. He sealed the fate of the entire galaxy. And that's where you get one through six, because it's the actions from that moment, that final scene of episode one, that set everything up. And then the sequel trilogy comes along, and it's just like, it doesn't, it feels so distant from that. All that's gone. You know, there's no connection to that. Because it was resolved in six, and seven is trying to repeat everything again, but there's no context to it. There's no you know, pre sixties tragedy, if you will, to make everybody feel connected to these characters because you know, it's we're no longer feeling the actions of Anakin. We're no longer seeing the results of Anakin's choices. We're just seeing you know, <laughs> we're seeing repeats, you know, we're we're not seeing anything emotionally atta attached. There's no more good versus evil. It's just there, you know. And I think that's ultimately, I think that's the issue with the sequel trilogy overall. Yeah, because you mentioned that about the rhyming there with the original <clears throat> trilogy, or yeah, the original and the prequels. That's what George Lucas called it was rhyming. The sequel trilogy. They were copying from the story. They weren't expanding on the themes. And mm -hmm. that was probably their biggest flaw overall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I think that's I think that is ultimately the you know, the kind of the undoing slash tragedy of the sequel trilogy. It's it's all surface, it's very it's all facade, unfortunately. Yeah. It looks it looks great for two films. For two films, <laughs> but overall, there's just there's nothing really worth being vested over, unfortunately. But yeah, that was our compare and contrast. <laughs> 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 kind of thing on a sour note, but 
<laughs> you know, this is kind of payback for watching Revenge. I mean, I'm sorry, um, Return of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. I don't, even, I don't even know what the name of this film is anymore. It's a lot of R's. <laughs> yeah, R's, yeah. <laughs> now I was sitting uh, there thinking about the music there. They ought to recut the sequel trilogy since, you know, it's kind of hard to understand. Get somebody like uh, uh, Randy Newman or Phil Collins to do the music for it. <laughs> That way they could just explain it along the way. Like, oh, that's what they're going for. Oh. <laughs> just like a Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah, right. <laughs> You'll be in my heart. Yeah, see, well, no, that told you everything you needed to know. Yeah, that was pretty much, <laughs> that was pretty much Ray and Ben slash Kylo Ren, the whole three movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, finding family and you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two worlds and family. family. <laughs> <laughs> so where does the gorilla singing song fit in there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> where does all the plot elements from the Shabadoo? <laughs> <laughs> you could even do that in sync tie in there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm about to do it. Well, no, I better not do it now. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts? Um, anything you want to talk about? <laughs> we, I, mean, not anyone. Yeah, I think we don't know talking. Um, yeah, anything you want to wrap up? I think we're good for now. Well, no, we're, we're not good, but I mean, we're we're good. <laughs> In the span of good and evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm 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 all set. I think I've about said all I can say on the matter. <laughs> um, any announcements or anything noteworthy? I know you mentioned last time you want you're talking about uh sending stuff over to be read and all that or shout outs. Yeah, uh, definitely. That'll probably be more for the uh, Saturday program, which would be every other week. But if you're interested in reading something on this show or having something read by Clint, uh, we will work that into the. We can work that into the Saturday program, probably somewhere near the start. It's not going to be a critique or anything. It's just going to be something that you can. Uh, get your work out there, and then we'll go about our business, which isn't really business at all. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Corey did volunteer as well to read some of the poetry. So, well, only if <laughs> they want it read at a low volume, and they don't mind some hillbilly on there talking. <laughs> 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 to That's be exactly. or not to be. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Get her done. Everybody wants to hear Shakespeare. Uh, to yeah. be or not to be. That third the question. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo, oh Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? That's good. Say they, they want to hear these women voices like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Do you have any announcements? Uh, no, no announcements on my end. Uh, Um, yeah, I think we we were going to announce different shows coming up, but I think we about that about backfired for one episode. So (laughs) that completely backfired. Yeah, so we'll probably just go ahead and you know it'll be a surprise. Yeah. We do next, you know. Be a surprise uh, to you, man. Us. Yeah. All right. Well, I think now about wrap it up. Um, I'm Clint, and I'm all the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and I am Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs>